to the Suit Yourself Podcast, part of the Finish First media production team or website, whatever you want to call it. My name is Austin. I'm one of your co-hosts. Joined tonight with fellow co-host, Brandon Alessio, who is once again struggling to put the iPad away. It's difficult. The button, my, my case is broken and the buttons get stuck. And We are in the midst of a potential thunderstorm. And as such, we are hoping that this broadcast will not be cut short and that this will be one take. I agree. Brandon, have you been enjoying your day? Uh, so far, so good. Had the day off of work, so it's it's always a blessing. Mm. I'm very happy to hear this. But how about you? Uh, can't complain. Oh, I like that. Any day that you make it to the gym is a great day. Yeah, I agree. Uh, random question of the day for Brandon. Oh, boy. What is your favorite percent of milk? I don't drink milk, to be honest. Um... I don't like milk much at all. Um, I'd say if it were to drink some, it'd probably be 2%. But again, I don't like it. So I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that, that's my answer. 2% milk. I haven't drinking or drunk a glass of milk probably in a decade. Consumed might be a little easier to yeah, say. Yeah, consumed. I'd say, yeah, unless it's strawberry or chocolate. I know I sound like a five-year-old. I'm not drinking that. But what about you? Do you, do, you have, do you have a one? I know this is the question for me, but... Uh, 2%. 2%. Okay. Yeah, I'll keep I'm, it nice and short. I'm glad we're alike in that sense. Um, on a final note, say something nice about presidential nominee Joe Biden. Joe Biden? Yes. He's had a very... He's been in politics for a very long time and has been able to hold a job. Fascinating. Yes. All right. Well, that being said, everyone, we are going to jump right into the show. Um, we are going to start off today's episode... By counting down from 19 to 1, the uh, running backs as we have them ranked. We're then going to follow up with a couple segments. um, Running backs that you don't want to own and uh, running backs that are our favorite for this year. We also have some fan mail interspersed between for the people. Interspersed? For for viewers (sighs) like you. So, if you want to be featured on this fantastic podcast, or I guess not this one, but future episodes... Please send in your questions, and we would be more than happy to answer them on air. Incredible. So, that being said, uh, Brandon, how about you go ahead and give us your running backs 19 through 15. Once again, just as a caveat, we went through 20 through 40 the entire time on our last episode, which can be found on our website or YouTube page. Uh, Also, the web, or not the web version, the audio version, the podcast, is available uh, through all major forms of podcasting as well. But how could somebody find those, Austin? Uh, I would either go to our website at finishfirstmedia.com, or I would go ahead and check out the links in this YouTube video or the former future YouTube video, uh, or just look it up. Sounds good. Finish First Podcast. So, uh, these, are PPP, these are PPR rankings. <laughs> these are going to be our PPR rankings. Uh and like I said, we're just going to jump right into number 19, Brandon Go. Uh, number 19 is Mark Ingram. He looked nice last year. He looked real nice. And they like to run the ball a lot. It's very handsome. But ball. that too. But there are a few concerns this year with him. First off, they're concerns coming from last year. And it's that Gus Edwards took a lot of carries from Mark Ingram. And you might say, well, yeah, it's Gus Edwards. But they also brought in J.K. Dobbins. So now he's going to be fighting for carries amongst three people rather versus amongst two and you might say well he's better than those two that is correct he was also better 
than Gus Edwards last year and still lost out a lot of work to him. Um, other than that, I mean, that's basically all I have for that. If It sounded like you were not that excited about him. I like him if he were the lead back and if he were guaranteed to get the majority of the catch- carries, which he might, he might get the majority of them. But if he were guaranteed 250 carries, I'd say he'd be around – he'd be a top 10 running back. But right now, without that guarantee, it's difficult. He is underrated in the past game too, which I would like to add. Number 18, this might be a hot take. Oh. It's Nick Chubb, and this is full PPR, as we said, these rankings. So he's his PPR game fell off a cliff once uh, Kareem Hunt got into the picture last year, which is unfortunate for the Nick – chubb owners he also he had a few good stats though he had number two in yards created in the league last year which is always good and that's basically like broken tackles or when there's no blocking and stuff like that that's where the variable gets taken from Mm -hmm. um however he also had a few stats that were good but we don't know if they'll be able to reciprocate he was number three in goal line carries which helped him out a lot but we don't know if he'll be able to do that again he most likely will but there is an argument that he could be the best pure rusher in the league, but in a full PPR league and – or one of. and a full PPR league, it is difficult to draft him very high. He also mm-hmm. ran 6.1 yards per carry against a light box and 3.2 against a stacked box, which is very concerning because it kind of fell off a cliff there as well. Number 17, we have Melvin Gordon, a true workhorse, a potential league winner, especially for where he's getting drafted at with ADP. And people – are quick to forget that he was a top five fantasy back two years ago. So him getting plugged into the Philip Lindsay role, I think he's better than Philip Lindsay. Um, he's much better on the goal line, a better receiver, and he's also just a more durable guy. Number 16, we have Leonard Fournette. I like Leonard Fournette a lot, especially after what I saw last year. But there were a few things that were bizarre, oh. to say the least. Uh, he was the main focal point in the offense, which is great. His efficiency and his receiving yards were the best of his career, which is also fantastic. A great sign. Uh, yeah, he had the best receiving season of his career with almost 500 yards. He had almost 1,700 all-purpose yards, which is fantastic. But three touchdowns. While also that leading, is pretty crazy. While also leading the league in red zone carries. Fun fact. Number 15. This is, We're going to 15, right? Yes. Okay, number 15 is... Le'Veon Bell. Now, this is coming from somebody who called him Le'Veon Bum all last year. That that's just disrespectful. It, slightly, but he but even with all of his woes last year, his 3.2 yard per carry, um his four touchdowns, even with all that, I still put him at number 15 cuz you say, "Well, what if he plays worse than last year?" And the question is how like he can't, mm-hmm. he can't get any worse. And last year, well, he O-line was can't get any worse either. Well, yeah, he was the seventeen. The he ranked number seventeen. So he ranked number seventeen last year, and it couldn't get any worse for him. He had four goal line carries on the entire season, which is horrendous. And it wasn't his fault, but just what happened. And his offensive line, I looked up on a few sites. Every set I had had the Jets' offensive line being top three in improvement. Again, when you're improving from a zero to a four, that's a big jump, but mm-hmm. it's still a jump nonetheless. So, yeah, th- those are my, my um, 19 through 15. I would love to hear yours and if you have any oh. comments or concerns regarding mine at all. So, there are not going to be too many arguments for me just quite yet because I, most of ours are going to be kind of the same here. Um, Brandon and I have not shared each other's rankings either. No, we don't. today. Nothing. So, these are we're kind of just learning for the first time as well. 
Um, kind of like you were saying, I don't have too many, you know, disagreements. Um, I, I'm going to start with my 19 and I believe I might've actually accidentally mentioned him in the previous episode. I have no recollection, but you might've, um, it is going to be Todd Gurley is my number 19. Um, I know there were even reports as of yesterday. If was I limping. Recall, was it him limping? Him limping. Yep. And his knee is clearly arthritic. But they said that he still looked good when he needed to. So I think... Still concerning. I It's concerning for him and his knee, but I don't know how concerning it should be for fantasy owners. It's not like he's has a torn ligament or is... You know what I mean? Yeah. I think he's just going to learn how, you know have to learn how to manage pain, which I'd assume that up to this point, he's probably kind of already figured out how to do, if I had to guess. One would think. Since he's probably had this condition going on for a little while. So I expect him to do a lot of work. They don't really have anybody else in that backfield. Ido Smith doesn't concern you. Uh, Ido is it Brian Hill. Uh, I, none of those guys are very concerning to me. Wow. I expect him to do a lot of work, you know, on the ground and in the past game, assuming that his knee is good for that, which I, I believe it will obviously, because I have him ranked pretty high, but I think he's a nice steal kind of in the back of the teens there. Um, for number 18, kind of in the same ish spot where Brandon had him. I went ahead and put, uh, Mark Ingram, uh, just, for, you know, I'm not going to extenuate too far past what you had said, but I think I used the incorrect word there, but I'm not going to go too deep into what was said for the sake of repeating, but I think he's going to be a nice play there. The Ravens run a ton, so I think he's going to be a nice play this year. Uh, Nick Chubb comes in at 17 for me. Uh, as Brandon mentioned with all the stats, dude is legit a beast. Uh, he's very good. Uh, and I expect the Browns offense to be a lot better this year, which means that it should lighten the load a little bit for him. Uh, as I expect Baker Mayfield to be a little better on the passing end of things. Um, as we move on here, I have Chris Carson at 16. Um, I know he's one that's kind of debated pretty hotly amongst the fantasy community. Uh, I tend to think that he's going to be very good uh, this season. I'm sure you're, you're going to mention him if you haven't already. I did last episode, but my caveat with him was I could see him moving up. It's mm -hmm. just there's so much uncertainty currently. Yeah, there is a lot of uncertainty with him. I know that, like you had mentioned last episode, I'm remembering it now, the hip was it was a big mm -hmm. concern for him. But from all accounts that I've seen, it, it looks like he's progressing very well through that injury. Uh, and I, you know, I don't expect this to necessarily be something that's going to hinder him uh, moving forward here. Especially one quick thing. They say he's he'll suit up or he's set to suit up and play on week one. Mm -hmm. But what does that mean? Is that four carries? Is that three yeah, snaps? Yeah, that's a good question. That, that's where it gets a little foggy. He's more to me one of those guys that, you know, even if he doesn't play week one, I still think he's going to be a good, you know, a good pick. Mm -hmm. um, especially, you know, just if you consider, I mean, I don't, I don't think missing one week is necessarily a killer by any means. I mean, Zeke. That one year he missed four games. People are still taking him top ten. Yeah, so. my concern is just easing him into the like mm -hmm. if they try to ease him into it, like that could stretch across five six games. And, and I would also point, say it's... that you know Rashad Penny might not be a bad handcuff. No, so that you would you know if you can kind of pick them apart or you know get both of them, then you're really gonna you know uh, leverage yourself in a in a good spot. You know, should he not be playing for the first couple weeks there? Um, and then for my fifteen, I actually have Joe Mixon. I really like Joe Mixon as a player. He's one of the guys that stands out quite a bit on film. Uh, he looks very good, very fast. And, I, I mean, it's it's obvious that he's better than the team, you know. And I think he's – I think at this point in his career, he's better than Le'Veon. But he's another one of those guys that if you're just like, oh, if this team was any better, he'd be – I mean, he's already killing it, but he would be doing a lot better. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, that wraps up my number 15. Um, let's see here. If you would like to – Move on. Oh, very fitting. We're moving on I to know. the Joe Mixon question. 
Um, Brandon, where did we get this question from? So we were able to get this Joe Mixon question off of Reddit and a Reddit user named Wish submitted this question and I read it and I thought it was a pretty good question. So I thought, why not answer it on the show? We reached out to him and he said it was more than all right to answer this question or to ask the question. And let me just go find the question real quick. I have a condensed version version of it. I have it right here. Okay, perfect. The question is, why is everyone so high on Joe Mixon? I remember him being a late second slash early third pick or third round pick last season. And everyone who owned him seemed to be frustrated. He had some good games, and at the end of the season, at the end of the season. But why is he now being touted as a potential first-round pick? And if you'd like to start with that, feel free. Yeah, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of reasons. I know I just kind of talked about him again, but I, I believe he's had over a thousand rushing yards every season of his career. He's averaging, you know, and I know it's not incredible, but he's still over the four four yards a carry mark. And you know, I just think that he's just. He's a very good player, and the Bengals' offense is only going to get better. And so I think he's a very safe pick in terms of, I, you know, there's a lot of guys that you could see having a bad season or flaming out, and he's just not one of those guys that I see as potentially doing that. Yeah, especially if you're like, well, what if the offensive line isn't any good? He's shown with a bad offensive line. He could still get it done. And, yeah, and, and kind of to what I was alluding to, I see him as being a guy that only gets better. Mm-hmm. He, you've kind of seen, I would call his past seasons, while they're very good, I'd call them more of a floor than I'd call them anywhere close to a ceiling. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think, you know, if they get any semblance of a decent pass game with A.J. Greenback, um, hopefully, you know, with the new QB situation, hopefully the offense gets clicking a little bit and they're able to kind of lessen the box. You know, I know that's a kind of a crutch argument, but they're able to kind of clear some more room for him and let him work because he's obviously shown that he's got what it takes to – I agree, yeah, and it's not like through. it's not like the passing game could get any worse um, from last year. There were a couple of things I looked up that I found interesting. First off, it was Bill Belichick saying that he's prob- probably the best running back in the league. That's what he said. But also, it was his coach just this week had a quote, which was very encouraging for owners of him. He said, he gets better as he gets more carries. As the season went along, we got better at getting him more touches. When he's touching the ball 20-plus times, the total at the end of the game – means his numbers are usually pretty good. He's been very effective as far as pure touches, carries, and catches. The more Joe Mixon touches the ball, the better it is for our offense without a doubt. So just with that, it seems like obviously the coach is big on him, and it seems like they're going to be more committed this year to getting him the ball and getting him 20. He said mm-hmm. himself, 20-plus touches is a good thing for them. And and I think it, it might, you know, this may or may not be important to mention, but I think that to some extent they may have been tanking a little bit last year. Mm-hmm. And so – you know, not taking in sense of he's taking plays off, but you but know, if, you if they're not, trying to win, they would have played. You're not going to run him into the ground essentially yeah. on a you know on the deal he's on, and you know just where the team is. That and I've heard reports that AJ Green's looking like his old self, um, his former self, not old him being old, um, his former mm. self. And Joe Burrow apparently was so far ahead when they got him that that's the reason why they got rid of for sure Dalton. They just kicked him to the curb because like, crazy right, this how every good. rookie running or quarterback is always light years ahead and incredible. Yeah, Josh Rosen, for instance. But I guess we could segue that into the next portion of the list because number 14 was Joe Mixon for me. Oh. And I do have a couple more things. His team ranks 25th in rushing attempts last year. And if we got anything from the coach this year, it should go up. Um, the coach wants to run more. He ranked number one in evaded tackles, number four in juke rate, and number two in yards created. 
So even with an awful line, most of that was created by him. So if the line gets better, the passing game gets better. He only gets better too. So question then for you. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know that you've made fun of me for being a big Joe Mixon guy the last couple years. Did Mm -hmm. researching this in a little bit more in depth, did that change your perception of him at all? Yes and no. Or do you still think he's not? Yes and no. Because when you were being – there was a time when you were being an apologist towards him. Like, oh, like – Rightfully so. He'd have like six points. Like, oh, no, Joe Mixon's good. It's like, well, for fantasy purposes, six points out of your first-round pick is not good. I felt that you were objectively saying he is bad. Well, no. He was on a horrible team. Um, I did underrate him, absolutely, and I might have been disrespectful. I'll give you that. But at the same time, if you're not getting it done fantasy-wise, when we're talking fantasy, I'm – going to call you a bum mm. so so and it's also based on um based on um perspective like if he were fifth round or he, if he were 10th round pick getting you six seven points a game mm. he's not a bum but if he's your first pick getting you five six points a well, game, yeah he's yeah. a bum so it, it's all relative but yeah he is better than i thought he was based off all the numbers and everything i've been looking in on him but at the same time if you're not getting it done you're not getting it done and he always has at least to me a seemed like a pretty healthy guy yeah you know he's not you know going out all the he's the chris thompson's of the world he's not getting hurt every other week and you're constantly or you know even the old Le'Veon thing he's questionable Mm -hmm. or derrick henry back when he's questionable every single week he was he's pretty you know he's usually playing every week and that's a really nice thing to have uh you know for your teams and yeah he he ended very very hot last year too Never guess, bad thing. Yeah, speaking of hot, we have a hot take right here for number 13, and that is Raheem Mosert. Oh. He's one of those guys oh. where, no, he, he's either going to go my jacket off. a lot higher take or a lot jacket. lower by the beginning of the season. He's a guy who's going to move. Just because last year, I see a bunch of people projecting his stats for this year, and they're projecting 700 yards, which is... I, I, I am one of them. Which is fewer than what he had in the eight games started last year. So as a starter, I'd expect him to, health aside, obviously, I'd expect him to be able to do that. There are com- some concerns, like the running back by committee, but really, his only true competition is Tevin Coleman, and Tevin Coleman hasn't done anything. Don't in you dare years. discount Jarek McKinnon. What has Derek McKinnon done in his career? Derek? Jarek, excuse me, I can't even get his name right. What what, what has Jarek McKinnon ever done? I'll wait. Uh, he played in an elite backfield with Matt Asiata. Yeah, yeah, he's yes, he, he split carries with Matt Asiata. Not split. Shared. Shared. Five, what, he shared carries with Matt Asiata. Remember when that guy was a thing? No, because he, he never I, was a he thing. Like number 44? He, well, he was a thing because he, he'd have like 400 yards and 10 touchdowns, I so it helped him out. I proudly say that he's this a is something, No, this is something oh. I'm very proud of. I saw Matt Asiata play in person. Get, it was get out. Get out of here. <laughs> there was one. I saw one person in the crowd. It was at a Vikings game before the Metrodome, or after the Metrodome, but before the new stadium. Yeah. When they were playing at the Minnesota Gopher Stadium or whatever, okay. whatever stadium that was. It was an outdoor one. And there was one lady uh, who had a Matt Asiata. I think it was like a shirt. It's probably a custom jersey. I made. couldn't believe it. Custom yeah. made jersey. One in the entire stadium. That That's one too many. Yeah, I, I, I don't know who's, who, it, there's not even a fullback. Sometimes you get the fullback glove. I don't know who's doing that, but. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't but mean no, to, uh, just going into it. That. If we looked at the ending of last season and his playoff like run, pun unintended, mm. he if they were to get that version of him, which I hope they do because it was working for them, if they were to get that for sixteen games, he'd easily be the number one running back, or maybe not number top three. He'd easily be up there. He took zero big hits last year. He was a monster in the second half. Dominated the postseason. He has a new contract, and he's still in the same Shanahan system. 
the one oh and he ranked number seven in attempts against the stack box last year and he averaged 5.3 yards per carry against that so it seems like with that system with his speed and talent regardless of what defense gets thrown at him he has success so if they commit to him we have a bold prediction if they commit to him and he is the starter getting i'd say 15 plus touches a game he's gonna be a top three running back bold prediction bold prediction and moving along, yeah, the one concern is if, like, hey, let's evenly distribute these carries amongst him, Tevin Coleman, and Jarek McKinnon, which would be ludicrous. But if they do do that, then that's the one concern. But I find that highly, highly unlikely. His age also is a concern just because he's 28 or 29. I think it might. Yeah, it's either 27 or 28. And he does not have much wear in the tires, thankfully. But it still is something to be concerned with. Number 12 is Josh Jacobs. He ran very efficient, efficiently last year and ranked very high in the evaded tackles and breakaway runs. He's actually third in breakaway runs, which you, which I wouldn't have thought. But that's how it is. He, he definitely was, looked good on film. Yeah. He saw. also had a 55 snap share last year, which is not very high, especially for uh, like your main guy. So that should go up as well, I'd hope. And... Yeah, and in here, I've made the note, regardless of the uh, amount of defenders in the box, it didn't make a difference to his efficiency, which is also very good. Very, very, very impressive rookie campaign. Top five in red zone carries. Most evaded tackles of any rookie ever. And wow, what a he took z- And he took zero big hits last year. So just something to think about when we think about Josh Jacobs. He does have one main problem, which you, I'm sure you know, and that's the receiving game. But you also look like you have something you want to say. I was going to ask, now that the Raiders seem to have an identity on offense with all the wide receivers that they've brought in, are you worried at all that he's going to receive less usage and they're going to go more pass heavy? Or I, are you thinking that I don't think so. it helps him out, if anything? I think it helps him out just because it'll keep, if the receiving game has gotten better, it should keep them on the field more. And we know he works. But these are all young rookies or just new guys. So we don't even know, like, their passing game could... In theory, I don't think it will, but it could get worse for all we know. Oh, but yeah, I think I think it might take away some of his work in the percentage of rushes versus passes. But at the same time, a better passing attack means you're going to be on the field more. Mm-hmm. So I think it'll even out if anything. I do want to note, just on a side note, that I have him ranked as my number 12. twenty-four. Oh, my so goodness. you and I are a little bit uh, apart on him. Yeah, and and again, this is PPR, and this mm-hmm. is mostly due to him having essentially. No passing work. Uh, and it does worry me that, from what I could see, it, it did not appear that the Raiders had thrown a passing touchdown to a running back in two seasons. But Fair enough. For sure not last season. That It was a little – my research was a little sketchy. Yeah, he was one of those guys who was a little iffy on it for full PPR. And if he were to drop anywhere, I'd say maybe drop down to maybe around pick 17, but not anywhere near 24. But that's just me. Moving on to 11 – we have Aaron Jones. He was number three in goal line carries, which was good. He was a very good pass catcher. He was number sixth in yards created, which is good. Um, he did – him being on the Packers helped him out a lot. He only ran against a stacked box 11% of his runs Ooh. when most running backs were around the 30 to 40 rank, so that made his efficiency a lot better. He was number four in evaded tackles, however, which was nice. Um, the one concern that I have is he did do a lot of work with receiving, but Jamal Adams – or Jamal Williams, excuse me – is also very good at the receiving, so he might take mm-hmm. some of that work. And there is zero way 
he repeats his 19 touchdowns from last year. Oh, zero. You you don't you don't think so? No, he was number one in rushing touchdowns last year, and he was like number I believe 13 in yards. That's not happening again. Okay, All right. it's not. So I see some regression. He's still a quality starter, but he will not repeat what he did last year. I'm gonna have some things to say about that. Sounds good. I'd love to hear it. And that was your. Uh... That was my number 11. So it, I think you got one more. Do I? No, because the last 10 would oh, be sorry. five and five. Yeah, my, I can't do math. All That's right. Fine. So for number 14, uh, again, a lot of these are going to kind of mix, mat, mix match cheat whiz. Uh, so I'm not going to go into super detail about a lot of those. Fair enough. Um, my number 14 is Le'Veon Bell. Uh, kind of like Brandon alluded to, it couldn't have got any worse for him last year. I thought I was optimistic on him. Yeah, it, it <laughs> couldn't have gotten any worse for him last year. Um, and I expect his usage rate to be just as high. And so that's why I'm pretty high on him this year. Isn't Ty Montgomery? No, Frank Gore. Frank I, Gore is I'm, the backup. And Frank Gore isn't going to take yeah, anything I'm not worried about him. Frank Gore. No. Um, and so I think he's going to have himself a big year. I think that, that like Brandon said, the offensive line is going to be better. Sam Darnold's going to be better, not have mono. Uh, I just think the whole situation there is going to be a lot better. And I think that he's going to, you know, get a lot of yards. It would be bad if it somehow got worse for him. Well, yeah, I think the touchdowns are going to be up. The His yard per carry was abysmal, again, because his yards before yeah. contact was abysmal. Uh, so I think he's going to have a really nice bounce back here. Uh, my number 13 is going to be Leonard Fournette. Uh, I know this is another one that we'd already talked about. I just think that he's going to be a monster, him not getting enough touchdowns. Why I think that's oddly in play for that to repeat, just because I don't know the quarterback situation is so poor. I uh, it's always been, though, and he's always been able to get... I, I don't think he's going to get three, but if you told me six or seven... I'd argue Gardner Minshew is probably the best quarterback he's played with. Though. Oh, Nick Foles for the two seat, two games they got yeah, out that, of him. That's what I mean. Like, he, like I'm looking up his previous It's a very years. low bar. Well, because... Blake he, Bortles is probably better. I The year prior, he had five touchdowns on 400 yards, and then... Or rushing yards. And then the next season, he has 1,100 with three. I don't know. I It, ha, it can't go any lower he's one of those funny guys too that you always think of as an injury concern but he's had two out of three years over uh over a thousand yards oh yeah so uh it always seems like he had an ankle or something wrong with him but uh, i think he's gonna put together a nice season my number 12 i have melvin gordon as brandon discussed i think you had him at around 18 was it i had him high yeah he's one of those guys who i i'm i like him a lot yeah he looked really nice last year in the games that he played and so i'm really excited to see him out there uh, he also gets a ton of pass work, which Philip Lindsay didn't really do. No, but he was oddly bad at it. Yeah, and I think he's he's good enough that he can take a lot of work from Royce Freeman. Yeah, Royce Freeman. And I just I think no that concern. they're going to go back to using Melvin Gordon kind of like the Chargers did. They should. Uh, and I expect him to have a lot of yards, a lot of passing yards, and in turn a lot of touchdowns. I actually uh, I kind of want to bet on the Broncos to have a deep playoff run this year. Yeah, I, I picked him up in my dynasty league. I think the Broncos are going to be real nice this year. Uh, I feel for the first time in forever too, they actually are going to have uh, competent quarterback play. So. Yeah, he was not bad last year. They have solid receivers. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually back. pretty yeah. excited about Denver this year, just on on, on, on the whole there. And my rankings are going to reflect that moving forward. Uh, my number 11 is going to be Miles Sanders. Uh, he looked incredible last year. If you watched the film, he looks really good. He's one of those guys that if you didn't try to project out just by watching him, you would probably try to argue he's would be better than that just because of how he looked and you know they didn't what, use him much the first half of the season yeah and jordan on. howard was taking carries and jordan howard had eight goal line carries in the first eight games yeah it's kind of wild that shouldn't happen i i'm ex- <laughs> i'm expecting him to have a breakout year i know this is not a hot take he's been one of the quote-unquote popular 
names to be floated around. I'm in very excited about him this year. But yeah, I think like most people, I honestly don't think he'll probably last in most drafts to number 11, but you know, I think that he's going to be a very solid play and there's not going to be a single person who regrets drafting him. And so that's going to wrap up mine. We are then going to move to a Reddit question. No, this one actually wasn't Reddit. This one. Oh, I, oh this was a Google question. This was a Google it? one. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. I got so, confused on my questions. We, I have a funny origin, to, relatively funny uh, origin to this question. And I was in doing research. I wanted to make sure I had the total yards right for um, Leonard Fournette. So I typed in the search bar, search bar Leonard Fournette. I was going to do stats and I forgot. And pull up everything. And the top questions have questions on Google was, is Leonard Fournette good? And I laughed at it. I'm like, wow, that's disrespectful. But then I thought about it. I was like, huh. Is the internet he good? wants to know. Yeah. And based off the stats, I could see an argument for both sides. So what did, what do you think about that question, Austin? Do you think Leonard Fournette is good or do you think do you think he's overrated? Or do you think that he's an average guy in a good situation or just plain bad? So, from the film that I watched about him, I mm-hmm. took a couple notes on him, and I thought that that might, you know, be something that was worth noting. Um, and this is going to sound stupid, but one of the big things I always noticed about him was that he doesn't leave yards on the field, and that he always falls forward, um, and that he doesn't get take. I wrote a lot of things down, but he breaks ankle tackles extremely well too. And so this kind of combination, it's going to be a very tough runner, and kind of a little bit to our point of what we talked about earlier. That to me. Essentially, everything that I wrote down, I only listed three out of the million things I wrote, but that bodes really well for to do well on the goal line. Mm-hmm. And I think just his style of running, I, I just worry about the quarterback situation in the offense. Fair enough. But so, I, I think, yes, he is, in fact, good. Every every If you watch the film, he looks very good. Look at his stats. They're good. I mean, just everything about him. I, I think he's a good player. His off-the-field antics are kind of weird and yeah, he, he went off like, to like Wyoming or something last year to train, and he somehow came back way better. Yeah, and he's always but, but having enough, problems but. with Tom Coughlin. I think he just gets a bad rap because people always think of him as being hurt or questionable every game, mm-hmm. and he has off-the-field issues uh, and uh, to some extent. I'm not saying he's breaking the law, but it always seems like he he's like a trade candidate. So I think it just yeah, builds the block a lot. Yeah. It just builds like a thing in people's mind where they're like, you oh, know, this guy kind of like a negative connotation. So yeah. Yeah. But it, to answer the question in short, yes, he is very good. I, I think he's good too. I, I, I don't know if I go very good, Oh, but I think he's good. He has shown improvement, I guess his, not his second year, but like his for, from his first year to his third year, he has shown improvement. He's gone up with efficiency wise, basically everything but touchdowns has gone down and he's an underrated pass catcher. Like, I think you mean gone up. Gone up, yeah, excuse me. Like, his first couple of years, he was okay. Through his first two years, he had 74 targets. Last year alone, he had over 100. Or he, he had 100. I noted that as yeah. well. He is very underrated as a pass yeah. catcher. When I think of receiving backs, I don't think Leonard Fournette. No, exactly. When he gets fed, he's he's a beast. Yeah, he – he and yeah, 500 yards, no touchdowns. Figure that out. But um, he, he just didn't score all that. Yeah, it, it's wild. If Yeah, just looking at it, it's wild. If his first season, he had 1,300 yards and 10. Last season, he had 1,703. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the big thing that people are concerned about is the health and also his first couple his second year was really bad. And he was hurt as well. So I'd say he that's where the negative connotation goes. Mm-hmm. Um, 2018 he only played eight games and he averaged three point three yards per carry, which is absolutely atrocious. There's it's inexcusable. Um, but last year he yeah, he went away to I think Wyoming, did his workouts on his own and the team signed off on it and he came back with seventeen hundred yards, which on his most efficient clips. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think he's good. Um, I don't think he's great. 
Like, because, yeah, his career yard per carry is only a four, which, again, there are a lot of variables for that. But I feel like if you were a great running back, it would be higher than that. I And, and kind of like we mentioned, I think he just gets killed a lot in people's mind for being the ugh guy. Yeah. Like, like nobody's even, excited to draft Leonard Fournette, I feel like. Yeah. Like, in I before doing research, I didn't even – I'm like, oh, yeah, he's, he's an okay receiver. He had 500 yards on 100 – or he had over 600 – I oh. He had, he had a lot of yards. I lost, I closed the tab right <laughs> no, as I said no, that. I, I couldn't I remember what number I read. But, yeah, he had he had 100 targets, 76 catches. A 76 catch or percent catch rate isn't bad at all. Mm-hmm. He had, yeah, average seven yards a catch, et cetera. He, he was fine in the receiving game, which is something I think he's underrated at. But, yeah, that, that's my opinion. I think he's good. Um, it was a strange – I was not expecting to see that question when I typed in his name. But I'm like, yeah, that's fair. Because he wasn't good last year. The Google search bar year. is very telling. Yeah. So, that being said, we're going to move into running backs 9 through 5. So, Brandon, if you want to go ahead and give five, us... Yeah. Or 10 through 6, sorry. Ten, oh, goodness gracious. Ten through it's tough. You think the 5, but it's not 5. Yeah, and I I don't even... I, I have nothing. I have no excuse. You think 10 minus 5 equals 5, but in this, when you count down, you stop at 6. still couldn't even subtract that. Yeah, so. number 10, Um, I have somebody who I drafted last year and loved owning, but I think he's a bit overrated this year, and that's mm. Dalvin Cook. He was third in goal line carries, fifth in yards created, fourth in evaded tackles. Um, There wasn't really a question on talent, um, but we did see him wear down as the season went on. Towards he was he missed a couple games, but as the season went on, his numbers started inefficiency started going down a cliff. He was able to recover with those by getting touchdowns like thirty yards, but they didn't have two touchdowns, so it seemed like a good day, but he didn't. I think it's also worth mentioning with him that he's another one of those guys that has the perception of being hurt a lot. But he is. I know. So it's. I, oh. I think that's a reason probably. Like if you said he's going to play all 16 games. Oh, yeah. Like I don't believe that he's going to play all 16 games. No. But if he does, this is probably speaks more so to it. I believe that if he does, he's not going to be right all 16. Exactly. And yeah. I know that you could say that toward a lot of people. But he seems more injury prone or not healthy as but just about anybody. And yeah, and by saying I think he's overrated, I'm still putting him at, at number ten. So I don't think he's bad by any stretch of the imagination. It's that is just exactly where I had him as well. It's just yeah, like I see him getting his out. He's usually drafted as the number five in ADP, at least as of this week, mm-hmm. on the um, the calculator where it takes all of them from like two thousand drafts. He's been rated. Um, he's been drafted around number five, and I think that's way too high just because his injury worries. And we don't know what that offense is going to be really next year. I mean, we do and we don't. Thielen wasn't Kirk. Yeah, we have Kirk, but then uh, Diggs is gone. And there are other questions like Alexander Madison. Is he going to take some of the work? Because Alexander Madison's really good. And if they are concerned about his health, they'd probably give Alexander more carries to ease the load. I think they definitely should. Yeah, I I believe they should too. So with that, your best guy out. Exactly. And with that being said, I don't want to spend a top five pick with those concerns. So that's just why I have him at number 10. It might be a warm take, but I guess I have another warm Ooh. take, and that's Austin Eckler at number 9. Um, there's just wait till I get to I don't think Austin Eckler is a great pure running back through the tackles back. I don't. It's just – He's a great receiver. He's a fantastic receiver, and with a rookie quarterback, I feel like they're going to use him as a safety valve like they did last year. Um, he, I'd say he's the best. People might say Christian McCaffrey, but I'd say that Austin Eckler is the best receiving back in the league. Uh, he led the league in yards per touch, granted, when most of your touches are catches for running backs, obviously. Uh, when most of your um, 
touches or catches, that's going to happen, but he's still very good at it. Another really interesting stat, 92 catches, which is fantastic, only two drops. That, it's like a essentially a 2% drop rate, which is fantastic, especially for a running back. And there's no Melvin Gordon. I know they have somebody who's going to, Justin Jackson, who's going to probably fill the role. But I feel like Eckler last year without Gordon, he was a top three back. He was still even good with Gordon. Yeah, he, he was very good with him. So I like think he went away. He's one of those guys where, like, if it came down to him and Dalvin Cook, I might lean towards Dalvin Cook just because I don't know. I, I feel mm. like, I feel I guess not Cook's a bad example, but he's one of those guys. I don't know. I don't trust him as a top ten running back, but I should. And all the numbers from last year when he had a big role say that I should. But for some reason, I just don't trust it. But at the same time, you can't deny the numbers from last year. Number eight is Clyde Edwards um, on Kansas City. He's another one of those guys where most, or at least people, let me just look it up, his ADP for running backs, he is at the number six running back according to data from drafts that happened in between August 12th and August 14th, so the past couple days. Oof, that makes my rankings look a little uh, hot, doesn't it? Yeah, very hot. That's why I looked, yeah, last episode I was like, huh? I was very confused at that one. But um, he was the first rookie drafted. He's joining a very, very good system offensively, but especially for running backs. He's a great pass catcher as well, which would really, really help him in that system. And there's no Damian Williams since he opted out. And prior to Damian Williams, over the five years prior to last year, every single starting running back, Kansas City running back, was top five in fantasy. You're not worried about Spencer Ware? I have no concerns for Spencer Ware. Not a single concern for Spencer Ware. Um, he's really, he really has to drop the ball if he's not going to be the lead back. And five out of the past six years, the lead Chiefs back was a top five running back. And he's young, he's healthy, and I think he's going to be a great fit in there. Number seven is a guy I'm probably, there's two guys in here that I think I'm more excited about than most people. And this is one of them. And I guess the next one, you're more excited about him than me, I think. Mm. But. Um, number seven is Miles Sanders. He shared the backfield for a, big major- a large majority of last year. He had the 53% snap share, which for a guy who put up the points he did is incredible. Uh, he still was able to manage 1,300 total yards in a rookie season sharing the ball, which is great. Last year, um, he also – or Jordan Howard had eight goal line carries in the first eight weeks, which is should have been his. So those will go to him this year. So I feel like he'll have a lot of goal line work as well. He's elite in the receiving games, fantastic yards per catch, explosive. Um, there really aren't many concerns. The coach has said that he's their guy and they're sticking with him. They're like, this is our guy. We're going to use him. Whereas you might say, well, duh, they, they drafted him. But last year, that wasn't the case. And he was still able to get all this stuff done. Um, I'd have no concerns with Boston Scott because at the end of the year when Boston Scott was taking receiving work, Miles Sanders still averaged six targets a game. So... That I'm not concerned about either. I think Miles Sanders has potential to be a top five back easily this year. Yeah, um, definitely. This I think there's a lot of potential for him. Sky's yeah, that's kind of the limit. Yeah, last year I think that was his floor. Last year was his floor, especially it's his first year and everything like that. He didn't have any injuries. Uh, I'm really, really like Miles Sanders this year, especially. And the last one for this little segment is Kenyon Drake. He this <laughs> this is a hot take. He let me look up. The he's currently he's I think he's the steal of the draft. He's getting drafted as the number eleven running back, so I guess he's not that much of a steal. I guess. Well, yeah, but that's yeah the, the number eleven round, half round. But well, yeah, no, but I'm saying you don't just draft running backs. True, um, but also 
the way people have been drafting, there were only three receivers picked before that, and that was it. Hmm. So, yeah, I'm looking on the calculator right now. Everyone's going running back heavy, heavy, at least as of the past couple days. And that's taken from 2,200 mock drafts. So Mm -hmm. it seems like everyone's very excited about running backs this year. And Kenyon Drake, I think he was a great fit. Or I don't think I know he was a great fit in the Arizona system last year. He um, ranked as one of the best pass blockers too, which will keep him on the field. It's not a concern. He's a great receiver. He stays healthy. He's a true workhorse. He. Do you think he's an upgrade from David Johnson? The David Johnson of last year, yes. David Johnson, and that he was one of those guys, um, Kenyon Drake, who made me like think that David Johnson sucked. Mm. Like I was watching him, I'm like, oh well, the Cardinals' offensive line isn't very good. Their their passing game isn't fantastic. They don't have many good receivers. Blah blah blah. And that's I was making that excuse for David Johnson. And then Kenyon Drake showed up and absolutely killed it. So at that point, I was like, no, David Johnson just sucks. So he, he well, I don't he, know if I'd say he no, sucks. Last year, like, he was not right. He was hurt. Like that man could hardly run. But it was the thing. I I had a bunch of excuses, and Kenyon Drake kind of those evaporated. The excuses evaporated when Kenyon Drake was out there absolutely killing it. Remember so, the days of Andre Ellington and CJ. Fun fact, um, good times. His supposed breakout year, Andre Ellington. I remember I drafted him with like a second or third round pick, and I was so hype. And people were also really hyped, and they're trying to trade me for him. I'm like, no, no, no. And I was so excited. I don't remember a year where Andre Ellington was a second round pick. I think it was a third then, but he was really hyped. And his coach, I, I think, I think it was Bruce Arians. I can't remember who the coach was at the time, but he was like, we're gonna try to have Andre Ellington lead the league in touches. And I was so hyped. And he was just terrible. <laughs> so he, he that, was. He was not built for an every down back. No, his rookie season he was fantastic. It I was guess like Chris Johnson get, didn't look like an every down back either. But they were both on the same team. Oh, know, but, but yeah. yeah, it was just yeah. That, that that's my one my one memory. Sorry, of I didn't Ellington. mean to. I didn't mean to hijack her. No, no, no. Oh. You're good. But yeah, that that was a tough scene to say the least. Mm. But yeah, I don't I don't think Kenyon Drake drafting him a sooner than most. I don't think that would be a tough scene at all. I think that'd be a very smart move. Oh. All right, so my turn. I will start with nine number 10. Uh, again, this is going to be very quick. Dalvin Cook was my 10. I said my piece back when we were talking about him. Uh, he's going to be very good. I have Alvin Kamara at my number nine. Ooh. I know he, people probably have him a lot closer to one than I. Uh, I think that he's going to be very good. I think Latavius Murray also gets a lot of work. Um, I think he was and there's reports coming out that he had the torn MCL or the something last else. Year, yeah, the MCL. With the MCL last season and so he was probably a little hurt. Um I think he's going to put together again a very nice season. These you know between my my numbers 9 here and my number 3 I literally have 30 points of difference between the top and bottom. So he's he's right there in the elite category. Um I I just expect everything to be the same with him. I well I expect him to be a little better given the uh, the better knee uh, given Drew Brees being there every game, mm. I expect the offense to be a lot better than it was last year. So I'm expecting him to be up, well, better than he was last year. Uh, number eight, I have Zeke. I know, again, people, most people probably have him in the top five. Uh, he just looked very bad on film. I, I watched his film. He just looks really slow. I don't know what it was. Uh, old Zeke looked very bursty and very good. Uh, I, with Zeke, to me, it felt like if you would have put you know, an example of like Christian McCaffrey or Saquon Barkley in that same backfield, they would have 
had a, a ton more yards. I think he's one of those guys where, for football, he's overrated. But for fantasy, he's been consistent he's, enough where he garners He's going to get pick. a lot of touches. Yeah. Which, I mean. His health has also been extremely underrated. He hasn't missed a game due to injury yet. And No, that's a good point. Is, he's more of a safe option. Yeah. he. That's why I have him in my top five. It's just because I know. You know what you're going to get. But continue. Sorry. Uh, oh, no, you're fine. I also thought the offensive line didn't look as good as it had in previous years. I know that statistically it's not. Well, yeah. But it showed on film that it really wasn't all that good. Uh, one of the things I was concerned about with the film I watched, as I even put a note here, is that he doesn't win a one-on-one tackling situation very much, which is very concerning. Mm-hmm. He didn't look like he broke many tackles. And, you know, I mean, say what you want. I'm sure that, you know, th- that's maybe not true with the stats. But it just with the with the eye test, he just didn't look very good personally he uh i also feel he did not have good breakaway speed so even if he got if you know he was good at hitting the holes and he was good at finding the open space but once he hit it he went you know how like the mccaffrey's or the you know the the nick chubbs they burst through and Mm -hmm. he seemed just to like you know jog not jog but it wasn't bursty he was slowly running through the hole Mm -hmm. and he could never get separation uh is how i saw it so that's why he is a little down for me. Again, he's going to be one of those guys that's very safe. Uh, I'm not worried about his production so much. It's just I don't think the upside is there as it was. I'm the looking. Last at, couple I'm years. looking it up right here. His breakaway run rate was a three percent, which ranked him as the number thirty nine running back. Yeah, it looked. And, and this is I didn't look. And that's that, a carry. That's a carry of fifteen yards or more. I didn't look at that stat. It just I watched the film and that's what I I noted. Like it was like a constant theme. Mm-hmm. It was like if this dude was faster, he would be you know, getting extra 10, 20 yards on these plays, and he just wasn't. So, uh, again, that's probably more of an analysis of him versus his fantasy production. Yeah. But uh, I just don't think he has the upside that he has had the last couple of years. Uh, my number seven, again, some of these guys are ranked a little lower than people are going to think, but uh, are higher. I have Derrick Henry at my number seven. Um, dude's an absolute machine. He's very good on film. He's very quick. He's very shifty. Uh I just think, again, there's not many points separating him between seven and three. I just think he's in that elite group still. Uh, I think that he's going to be a great option. Doesn't get hurt that much. The team is revolved around him. Uh, he's, you know, it's kind of you're just nitpicking at this point with that, all the top That's guys. his exact ADP, number seven. Yeah. So I, you're, you're not alone on that opinion. I, I, to be honest, if you just ask me to disregard how I projected this, I think he's better than the number seven spot. Personally, I might yeah. draft him higher than number seven. I'm just saying that's how I've projected him out as a number seven. Fair enough. Uh, number six, I have James Conner. This is going to be the hottest take of all time here. Uh, James Conner, and I know that I'm going to take a lot of flack for this. Uh, I just want to note that in 2018, which is essentially his breakout year, that he played, he had 12 games started, 13 games played, and he had 12 uh, touchdowns rushing in those games. And he also had uh, one receiving touchdown. Uh, so if, and you know it's last year I tr- I tried to discount last year a little bit on a per game basis he was fine he still he only played ten games last year he still put four touchdowns together had a bunch of you know receiving work uh, the dude's a monster with all purpose yards uh, he's a monster through the air through the on the run uh, the biggest question for him is health if he would ever play sixteen games with Ben Roethlisberger he'd probably I see you know I don't think that's that hot of a take I could see him being a top five player I'm more so. I'm hesitant and everybody else is going to be hesitant because if we're being honest, nobody truly believes he's going to make it through 16 no. games. Uh, but just his, the double digit touchdowns he's put together, he was putting touchdowns together without Ben Roethlisberger on that trash offense last year. He filled uh, the Le'Veon role very well. I think he, he's very good. I think I'm, 
I'm telling you, he is very underrated. I think his health is what is holding him back, though. If Absolutely. we're just being honest, if I, he's the definition of a guy that I would still be willing to spend a high pick on, but I'd have to have to have to reach for the handcuff because you're going to have him. So, yeah. Uh, and then was that my? That was your last one. That was my last one. Okay, perfect. So yeah, last episode with James Conner, I had him marked for one of those guys who like we could see transcending where they're getting drafted at. He mm-hmm. was one of those guys. Just his health is what concerns me the most. Yeah, and that and it's a real concern. And so now we are going to do our top five definitive player rankings of 2020. These are players that you must own. Must own players of 2020. The best of the best. I'd argue that any of the top 20 are must owns, but I, you know what? You, for, for argument's yeah, sake. That, yeah, I, for argument's sake. Yeah, no, I these, a, these are the guys you want to own. I did a bad job with that. I'm not going to lie. Let's see here. Um, so for my number five. Um, I'm going to first off start off by reading all of these um, stats in the rankings for them. He was number three in drop passes. He his run block efficiency was average. His breakaway run weight was number thirty nine. He I think I know who we're his talking yards about. per touch was only twenty third in the league. Yards per car- true yard per carry was only a number seventeen. Juke rate was rated number twenty seven. Um, his production premium thirty eight. Yards per- created per touch was number thirty nine. And with all of those deficiencies, he still ranked as the number four running back last year, and that's Ezekiel Elliott. Um, that's the thing where he could have all the bad stats in the, or maybe not bad, but questionable stats in the world. But because of the role he's in, he's finished a top five back every, I guess, not the game season where he sat out for four games. Mm-hmm. But he, and if he would have played those games at the same clip, he would have, but he's ended as a top five running back every year. And that, yeah, it's Ezekiel Elliott. It does make it hard to bet against him. Yeah, just because he could have all those things going against him. Still number four. The usage and the health yeah. is the... There are some, there are, are a lot of misconceptions about him. I've, I have a Cowboys for a friend who's a Cowboys fan, and he said, well, Ezekiel Elliott is, one, is the best rush blocker, or he's the best blocking running back in the league. And by the numbers, he is number 13. So there's misconceptions. Um, like that's people not even say, to say he's bad. Yeah, people just... say he's a fantastic, um, fantastic receiver, or they say he's a bad receiver, but he's all right. But then I hear people say no, he's actually very good. But then he has third, the third most drops. So there's concerns there as well. His efficiency has been pedestrian. But even with all this, again, he's still the number four. Um, he was still the number four running back last year, and he always stays healthy. So there's a lot to like about him. There's a lot of stuff that you don't like about him, but it seems for a fantasy perspective that stuff doesn't matter. I think that there's also a chance he could get back to old Zeke too. I think, you know. Well, he ranked number four last year. I mean, I'm just Arguably, saying, that is old Zeke. I'm saying, like, with his explosiveness, oh. his quickness, I think those are things that I don't think he's old enough or has enough wear on him no. that he would. I don't know why he's younger he would, than me. Yeah, he shouldn't be falling <laughs> apart. So. I don't see any reason why he wouldn't, you know, be better this year. Yeah, it. He's just a safe pick. Very safe. Like unless obviously, unless he like tears an ACL, but he's never done anything close to that. Like as long as he stays healthy, which he of all the people in the league, he's probably the most he's likely very good to. At that. Uh, he he'll be a top five back. So that's why I have him in the top five. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be number one, but he'll stay around the top five. Alvin Kamara is my number four. This one, I could swap those two if I wanted to. These guys are so close. Honestly, most of the top like five mm-hmm. or six, seven are going to be pretty interchangeable he, to some extent. Um, I'm expecting him back an up year um, this year with Breeze coming back because they had Teddy Bridgewater those six games, and his mm-hmm. touchdowns declined significantly last year. He was apparently playing on a torn MCL. 
Uh, he is very elusive. He ranks number 11 in evaded tackles. He's an elite receiving back, and for PPR, it's what you want. He had five, or he's number fifth in ta- targets, excuse me. Um, he did also benefit from the system a bit. This is most likely when Drew Brees was in. He 45% of his runs were against a light box, which is only six or fewer defenders. That's nice. So, yeah, that's 45%. Want. That's good. There's one thing that I found incredible, other than his sprained ankle and his torn MCL, but these could be a product of this. He led the league in big hits, which is you, when you think of him, oh, shifty, he, he avoids the contact. He led the league in big hits. So that's something that I don't think a lot of people know about, and I didn't know about it until I looked it up. But he does, he's had kind of injury concerns in the past, and it's maybe he gets hit a lot more than we think he does. One thing that always concerned me a little bit when I watched the well, film and Latavius Murray was how much they ran him up the middle. Do that all the time. He was hitting a B gap all day. Where with his skill set, he would they hardly ever used him on the on, on the ends. But it worked. That that's the weird part. It, it works perfectly. Fine. A guy like him, you want to get in space though. So like I I felt like if they would, I I don't know why they don't, and I'm sure there's a good reason. But it, it seemed like if they used him at all on the perimeter, he'd be so much better. Mm-hmm. But I I don't know. Yeah, he he's one of those guys. I think a lot. Like, yeah, whenever I talk about anybody, like, oh, he doesn't get hurt. He he evades the tackles, but I guess not. <laughs> the stats say otherwise. Uh, number three, I still like him a lot, though. Um, I was gonna say Latavius Murray does. He he's such a good handcuff where they'd be fools not to use him, especially in scenarios like on the goal line. I feel like you have to, like Latavius Murray for as a backup is fantastic. So that does always worry me a bit if they have a playoff spot locked or if they're close they might want to keep him healthy and give him less target or less carries as well and use latavius do you feel that you would need to handcuff uh latavius is he a must grab if you have Kamara? i think for where latavius murray's getting drafted in the adp i believe it's round 11 um i think he's a must grab for anybody at round 11 let alone um especially Kamara. well i mean like are you going would you go out of your way to get him. If I draft him a round early in the tenth round, yeah, if I owned Kamara, I'd do it. Oh, but it's they, at that point it'd be a reach. But um, it's one of those things where I think any everybody should at least try to get him, just mm-hmm. to be safe. Um, let's see here, because yeah, I had him last year, and the two games that Kamara missed, he scored over twenty points each game, mm-hmm. and th- he won me a couple of games for what I spent. Like, I think I spent like a. 12th or 13th round pick on him if you can win a couple games with a 12th or 13th round pick i think you should do it because mostly those guys are typically busts anyways if i guess if you're drafting poorly but um number three is derrick henry uh i am overrating derrick henry i think just a little bit it seems like from the adp and from what a lot of people are saying they don't like him as much as i do but I really like him, even in the PPR league. He ranked number eight in true yards per carry, which gets rid of garbage time and the big runs. So you can see his consistency, which shows that he's very consistent. He's very consistent. He ran against an average of seven defenders in the box, which is very high for the league average. And he was still ranked number eight in consistency, which is great. Generated 34% of the team's total offense, which is number four in the league. Seventh in evaded tackles and number two in breakaway runs. Everybody views him as a power back, but he's seventh in evaded tackle. Granted, he probably led the league in carries, so his (laughs) number will be up. But number two in breakaway runs. And my biggest complaint, my... I do see his receiving numbers going down before mm-hmm. I go into the complaint. Last year, I mean, if they can go any lower, last year he had 200 receiving yards, or maybe not lower, maybe stay the same, but he had an 80-yard touchdown week one. So if you take that mm-hmm. away he, for essentially the you're season. Trying to, you're trying to steal his 
take his running. Well, his bat is big plays bat. That, that's a fluke um, for him. So if you take that away, he had for Derrick Henry, or did I, I'm sorry, Derrick, Derrick Henry. Henry. Yeah, okay. And so like, let's fine. He's a surprising amount of breakaways. After that, no, no, that was just an. I'm talking about receptions. Oh no, breakaway. He was number two in breakaway runs. Mm-hmm. So um, receptions. He had 200 yards last year. With week one, he had an 80 yard. That means week two through week 17 or 16, he had um, 17 with the bye. Uh, he had 120 yards, which is not good. But they got rid of Deion Lewis, so I feel like his number might go up a little bit, but I don't see a big jump there, unfortunately. Um, the one thing that bothers me to no end with the naysayers on Derrick Henry, oh, the Titans are running him into the ground. Oh, he's going to have a career. His career is going to last until he's 25. Don't draft him in a dynasty league. This isn't dynasty, kids. Don't draft him in a dynasty league. Oh, he's going to get hurt. He has less career touches than Christian McCaffrey. I have not heard that complaint about Christian McCaffrey once. But he's still pretty new. Yeah, but... Eventually, you'll hear it. Henry's played one one more year and has less career touches. Like, fun fact. Um, But everyone's... That was was very fun. Everyone is so concerned about Derrick Henry's health. Whereas their guys be like, oh, we can't have him. We can't have him top three. He, his health concerns. But then guys like Christian McCaffrey had, had 400 touches last year. Like, that's a concern. And that's I have that as a concern with Christian McCaffrey. I do think as a player, Christian McCaffrey is better. But I think the whole narrative that Derrick Henry is getting run into the ground and mm-hmm. has one good year left, I think that's a load of nonsense. But, yeah, if he were to surpass 2,000 yards a season, I honestly wouldn't be very surprised. Those Titans backs. D- yeah, CJ2K 2.0, but he he was so good last year in the postseason. 2.0, like, they couldn't be any different. I know, any more different. I know, <laughs> but he, he, they they both generate success. Fine, Demarco Murray 2.0. Oh, but I forgot about him. But yeah, it's just the way they ran last year in the playoffs. They ran him into the ground, and teams still couldn't stop him. They knew exactly what they were doing, and they couldn't stop him. And I feel like this year with Tannehill especially, once his numbers went way up with Tannehill, especially with the play-action pass, I feel like they're going to utilize that more. And I feel like the Titans, I mean, I was going to say, are going to be a sleeper team this year, but they made it further than Baltimore last year. So they're not a sleeper. They were really good last year. Mm -hmm. But I could see Derrick Henry, I wouldn't say easily, but if he were to stay healthy all 16 games, I'd say it's about a 50-50 that he gets 2,000 yards. League MVP? You put money on it? No, running backs don't get league MVP. Oh. Never. Adrian Peterson didn't get his league MVP when he had 2,100 yards. It's a shame. Yeah, I think Derrick Henry is going to lead, lead the league in rushing yards again pretty easily. Yeah, it definitely wouldn't be a surprise. I say again. I'm, I'm not sure. Was Nick Chubb ahead of, him, ahead of him last year? I know they were really close. Uh, I, again or not again, whatever. I think he's – I believe he's going to – if plays. I if he, he plays – I thought he led the league, but I could be wrong. If he plays 16 games, I believe that he's going to be the number one running – or not number one running back, the leader in rushing and 2,000 yards or around that clip. Yeah, he led the mm-hmm. league. Oh, I'm not done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number two is Saquon Barkley. He had a little bit of an off off year last year. You but see he, the offense? Yeah, he, and he blew his ankle out week one. And I think Never came, a good strategy. No, no, you don't want that to happen. I don't know what he was thinking. But but coming be better. But coming to he came back week three and he wasn't the same. I mean he he was still great, but he wasn't the same. Twenty uh, percent of his carries came against the stacked box, and surprisingly enough, I guess not surprisingly because he's ranked number two, but he averaged five yards per carry against the stacked box. So the 
the defense doesn't seem to really affect him much regardless of what they throw at him, which is always good. That was why I was a little worried with Nick Chubb. Like, if they choose to stack the box, that like, when he averaged 3.1 yards per carry, that's a little concerning because you can stop him. Whereas this seems like you can't really stop him. I mean, you can, but not consistently. Um, he's a great receiving back as well. Um, but there's one stat that blew me away, and you mentioned how poor their offense is. He had five goal line carries last season. That ranked 26th, and he had more than five touchdowns. So I guess that just shows how good he is. But, yeah, I have him as the number two. And the number one is the obvious consensus, Christian McCaffrey. Do I think he's the most talented back in the league? No, I don't. But Ooh. he's in the perfect scenario, PPR monster, number one in targets, number one in opportunity share, number one in touchdowns, number one in goal line. Oh, no, he's number two in touchdowns, excuse me. Number one in goal line carries. His receptions have increased every single year. One thing that both leaves me optimistic and one thing that scares me is Teddy Bridgewater. I hate Teddy Bridgewater. Not personally. Not personally, no. no. Not I hear he's a great guy. But as a player, well, I guess his fans make me hate him. But as a player, first off, Twitter acts like he's the second coming of Jesus. But second, he he won't throw the ball further than five yards. So that could help Christian in the sense where they'll just dump it off to him all the time. But it could also hurt them because it could pull the defenses in. So I don't expect him to have as good of a season last year. But then again, that's not a bold claim because literally nobody does. So I think, too, their receiving core is actually really good. So I... It's just going to be a waste, though. I think there's a world, though, where some of the past work moves on to other people. I mean, they yeah. went and got, you know, Robbie Anderson. They have but, the two existing guys that are really good. Why? I, that I'm still, I mean, four, four months later, I'm still blown away by that Robbie DJ Anderson Curtis, sign. Robbie, you know, you don't have those guys and then not use them. It's kind of the... I'm going to be ev- avoiding Robbie Anderson like the plague, but that's he for... He matches nothing they need. That's for next episode, I guess. Well, yeah, I mean, he's a downfield guy, so I don't know why. With a quarterback who can't throw downfield. It's like having a deep threat for Alex Smith. Just be like, like, why? What's the point? Yeah. But, but, yeah, I don't see him repeating his glory of last year. Again, that is probably the coldest take of all time because last season in a full PPR league, he averaged 29.7 points. Obviously. That yeah. I did, I did not know it was yeah. that high. Granted, he, well, yeah, he had 1,000 receiving yards, 1,400 uh, rushing yards, 116 receptions, 19 touchdowns. He. He's another one of those guys I'm worried about in the sense where when you ha- – I'm looking up his touches. Yeah, he had – I'm sorry, I said 400 earlier. He had 403. He had 403 touches. That – he's still young, but that that's kind of concerning. Like They're not all rushing, though. No, but you're still getting hit. And it's just a lot of hits. And he's obviously the focal point of the offense. So if a running back – a good running back were to get hurt, I'd say it's safe to say it would be him just because he gets the ball the most. From what I saw in film, he did do a pretty good job of staying away from contact. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not hoping he gets hurt by any means. It's just he didn't I, take a lot of big hits from what well, I saw. That's good. Um, I guess I could look up how many big hits he took, but there's, I guess I'll do that later. But, yeah, his 29.7, that's not happening again. Um, it might I could see it going down to around 20 to 22, which is still fantastic and great for a number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, everyone's – a lot of people are saying he's leaps and bounds ahead of everybody. Last year he was, but this year, like a healthy Saquon, I could see him doing just as well. Oh. Granted, but there's value behind it. So mm-hmm. I like in my main league, I have the number one pick. I'm not gonna not take Christian McCaffrey just because he had he has that much more value. 
than the other guys. Like everybody views him as significantly higher than everybody else. I just don't. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's my top five. So I guess if we want to do a quick rundown, top five, we have Ezekiel Elliott, Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, and Christian McCaffrey. I'd say the one hot take in there is Derrick Henry because a lot of people like him around the seven range, six, seven. But other than that, that, that's my list. What about you? Uh, so I don't think you're going to like most of my list. That's fair. Uh, my number five <laughs> starts with Aaron Jones. <laughs> Aaron Jones was a monster on the touchdowns last year. You don't think that it can repeat, mm-hmm. but look at the Packers' skill positions. I mean, who I, name, I th- name three receivers on the team. I think you're really discounting Alan Lazard, Iowa State great. Yeah. Alan Lazard? They have, yeah, they have Alan Lazard. They have Devontae Adams and... They have oh, – I can't think of his name. The guy who was on the Colts and on the Patriots. And he just opted out. Yeah, they have our big free agent opted out. And they by big op- free agent, I mean who's he's tall, he, not who is he's he popular. Again? I can't remember his name. I don't even want to talk about it because I'm so bitter. I'm not. Gonna, but what is his name? It's bothering I'm me. I'm not going to talk about him. Moncrief. That's it. Moncrief. No, they, it's not Dante Moncrief. Is it Moncrief? No. He, he's, oh. been out of a, he's been on a million teams. I know. Really. He's been passed around. But I have Aaron Jones as my five. I, he's going to have to pick up for the slack on the wide receiving end because our wide receivers are terrible. Uh, so I, I, I say we because I'm a Packers fan. I would imagine that I think Aaron Jones might not have the same amount of touchdowns, but I think he's going to be close just because of how much usage he gets just in every situation with the rushing, the passing. Uh, I think he's going to be our go-to guy outside of Devontae Adams and a little bit of Lazard. So I expect kind of the same out of him. And he's a great route runner. He does downfield catches. Uh, I remember he had a massive one last year that was really impressive. He's just very good in space. And I think... The Packers are clearly a run-first team now, uh, whether or not Aaron Rodgers likes it or not. They're just a first—I mean, a, a rush-first team, and I think that he's very good and that kind of what he does is tailored for the system uh, that they're trying to run. Matt LaFleur is trying to run down there. So I think he's going to have another huge year. Uh, so I would not be hesitant at all to take him top five. Uh, another hot take is going to be Austin Eckler at number four. Uh, Austin Eckler, I believe Brandon mentioned a lot of the stats about him, but I, I believe he had the most receiving yards of any— Running back in the history of the NFL, I, I believe it was. Uh, I don't think it was that much. I think but I, I could be wrong. I think he did, and it was it was no, because he only had nine hundred ninety three running back. Christian McCaffrey had more, uh, maybe twelve more. There was something about it. I don't know if it was receptions, target. I thought there was. It was probably drop rate. He had ninety two catches and two drops. That's very. I, that is very impressive. It's. I just don't see the offense turning away from that, especially given the change in the quarterback end. And the fact it was the one thing that worked. Yeah, I just, I, I just think that that's something that they're going to keep going to, uh, and I, I expect him just to be a beast again this year. Yeah. I, I don't I expect more of the same, more of him to get all the passing work. Melvin Gordon is gone, so he should have his role essentially increase some more. It's funny because I thought it was a hot take putting him at number nine. It's in a PPR, he just does so much. He, with, he does, yeah, so yeah, much with the passing. Ninety-two receptions, which that alone, ninety-two divided by sixteen, what's that like six points a game just on catches? Yeah, it's, it's something like that. It's pretty crazy. So. I'm expecting more of the same from him. At number three, another hot take, uh, it's going to be Kenyon Drake. Uh, his production for the eight games was just incredible. Uh, it's clear that he's the match for this offense. Uh, I'm not, you know, I know a lot of people are going to argue he wasn't doing all that much in Miami and his, you know, his season was terrible in Miami last year. To that, I No wanna, running back does say, well in Miami. I'd ask the question, who who did? Ryan Fitzpatrick. Who found success? Ryan Fitzpatrick. Nobody. So I'm I'm a big believer in Kenyon Drake. I don't think what we saw last year was a fluke. And if anything, I think he could probably get better. I would be more concerned about DeAndre Hopkins than I would be about Kenyon Drake as far as production goes. He was incredible. So I like him at my number three. At number two, same as Brandon, I have Saquon. 
dude's a monster. He does have a little bit of track record of getting hurt, but he seems to play through it. Uh, you'd like to think that the Giants are going to keep getting better. I still don't know <laughs> uh, how the quarterback situation is going to. I don't think Daniel Jones is all that incredible, but we'll see how that pans I'm out. Not a, I'm not a believer like most either. Yeah, he he's good enough. Well, Saquon's good enough to overcome that. So yeah. I like Saquon there. Uh, and then at my number one, everybody's number one, Christian McCaffrey. Don't really have to say much. It's just going to be he's very durable. He doesn't miss many games. I don't, has he even missed a game? I don't know. He's very durable. Uh, and he's just going to keep constant production. If you're sitting there at number one and you don't know what the heck you're doing, just take Christian McCaffrey. Essentially, it's he's the auto. This is the one of the few times that the auto pick is legit, right? So yeah, uh, you're going to want Christian McCaffrey. And so those are going to wrap up our rankings. Uh, we have a couple last second segments for the people out there. The uh, no people watching. Uh, the first segment is going to be essentially who not to draft on your fantasy team this year. Uh, This is going to be an interesting segment. These are, again, people who you do not want on your team. Uh, And when I say do not want, this is more so of uh, ADP. So you don't want to spend – it's not that this person's terrible or if you could get them six rounds later not to take them. It's more so where they're being drafted currently, you're going to want to stay away. So, Brandon, how about you lead us off real quick and give us who you would not want on your fantasy team yeah. at the current ADP. This, I'm not sure what kind of take this is. Some people, I think people might agree with this. I'm not I'm not entirely sure. But my first one is Todd Gurley. I like Todd Gurley, and Ooh. this has nothing to do with his limp at all. Um, it, I guess the, the limp didn't help. But Todd Gurley, um, he's going to, he went from a, an offense that was geared for him, really, mm-hmm. to an offense that isn't entirely whereas he still could be beneficial obviously but the offensive line they rank around the same too so people say he ran behind a bad offensive line last year well he's running behind essentially the same thing i saw them ranked i think the rams were ranked number 26 and the falcons were 27 something like that so it's essentially as close as you can get um in my personal opinion the one thing that will help is going to be the quarterback consistency yeah i I know this is a do not draft i read that in even years um, Matt um, Ryan has been this is since 2010 in even years of 2010, 12, 14 he's been top 5 every year but in odd years he's never been top 5 I don't know if that's valid alright Alex Jones I guess that... I read that on I think Reddit this morning and I was like huh and I was going to fact check it and I completely forgot but it is it's an even year something you probably shouldn't have said it's an even year but fair enough I just thought it was interesting I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to check the that the fact check part you just say that you just... yeah well fair enough nobody I... will look it up yeah true Never mind. It is 100% true. Everything you read on the Reddit is correct. Absolutely. Um, but my big concern with him is last year he ranked number 15 and he was healthy. And his ADP is 15 now. And I don't think the situation's changing much. So I see him finishing, like, if he's healthy, finishing at a route th- around the same area as he did last time. And he's being drafted as though he's going to stay healthy. And with his knee problems, I could see... He's one of those guys where you're concerned about health-wise. And with those guys, I feel like they should be drafted a few picks behind their spot the year before. So if he ranked number 15, but you're concerned about his health, you should probably draft it around to pick 20 just to make up for that because there's that risk factor in it. But he is not. So he's a guy I'd want on my team. But if he – not at the ADP where he's at. He's at ADP overall number 24 which is the 15th running back, and that was essentially where he ended last year. So I don't like him there. 
All right. My, I only have a couple here. My first one is going to be Jonathan Taylor on the Colts. Uh, according to the website I was using, he is the number 22 running back being drafted. Um, I understand that at that position, he is more of a, a high upside play than anything. Uh, I just think there's a lot of uncertainty in that backfield. And if you mm-hmm. told me Marlon Mack, it's more so that Marlon Mack is ranked behind him. I think that Marlon Mack is still going to finish with more yards, personally. I don't, but I also have him on my list for reasons. I think that that whole running backfield, the, the, the backfield is going to be a little bit of a cluster. And so... Uh, that being said, I just think that Jonathan Taylor is a little too high for me, especially given how much further ahead he is of Marlon Mack. As mm-hmm. you're, you're just kind of hoping, and you know, again, I, I guess I get it if your running backs suck and you just need like a prayer. Just I need something. Not for where he's getting drafted. At, uh, but yeah, it, it seems a little expensive for a guy. We don't even know if he's going to be the primary back uh, at any point. Most people are hoping that he's ends up being the primary back. So. And I know at 22, it's more of a high upside play, but a little too much for me. That um, He was another one I had on there as well. Um, his ADP, um, as of yeah, the past couple of days, has been number 40 overall. And an early fourth round is a huge investment for a rookie who might not even win the starting job. I think he's better than him. But think of all the times, at least in the past couple of years, where there's been a good running back or a running back who had success the year prior and they bring in a rookie. I mean – I was all hyped up on Royce Freeman a couple years ago. He was a fourth-round pick. That blew up in my face. Mm. There, there's been a – I can't think of the other ones. There's been quite a few of them. Um, Monty Ball. I mean, maybe – that was a few years ago, but he was a top What about our Bishop Sankey? I don't want to talk about Bishop Sankey, but it seems like there's a lot of running rookie running backs getting picked around the fourth round in the past years, and very few of them pan out. And a lot of times it is like, no, Sean Marino was just simply better than Monty Ball. And – there, I don't think he will be. Marlon Mack will be. But Jonathan, he was good last year. And if Jonathan struggles or if he fumbles a couple times, because he had fumble problems in college as well, I could feel like him getting shelved. But he's one of those guys where I thought he could be a league winner, which he can, but I don't want to risk a early fourth-round pick on somebody who has a slight chance of being a league winner, especially when Marlon Mack exists. Yeah, they're writing him off too quickly. So he mm-hmm. was uh, was he one of your guys as well? He was one of mine. All right, so my next guy, I have uh, DeAndre, I think that's his name, DeAndre Swift on the Lions. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is going to be a very similar take to my Jonathan Taylor take. I am not convinced that he's the starting running back, mm-hmm. personally. Uh, I think that he is going to be used I just think carry-on is still probably, and again, a lot of it comes down to health. Carry-on's still wearing the brace. We don't really know where he's at right now health-wise. I just think that uh, carry-on is still good enough that you can't just pencil DeAndre Swift in there to be the number one guy. And so that the Lions typically don't run very much in the first place. So essentially, with he's on the website I used, he's being drafted as the number 25 running back overall. Again, I get that that's a high upside shot in the dark sort of thing. Uh I just don't think that he's going to transcend anything. I mean, name the last time a Lions running back was a top fantasy option. I'm going to, you know, you're, you're not going to be able to name it. That so. one year, Reggie Bush, but then, Reggie, yeah, the next year he was terrible. Reggie Bush. Yeah. So, yeah, it's unfortunately, I don't, I have carry on in Dynasty. I just, ugh. I don't want anything to do with that Lions backfield, mm. unfortunately. Uh, so I'll let you go ahead. Bring yeah, this, back to you. This will be my last one. Um, again, I was kind of talking a mess about him earlier today and it's dalvin cook um i love dalvin cook i think he's very very good and i think talent wise he's one of the very best the problem with this is he last season he um let me see 
you know, last season he finished as the number six running back overall. And this year he's finishing as the number five. And he's moving up a spot when he's one of the most injury-prone backs in the league. So this worries me for a variety of reasons. Like I stated with Todd Gurley, if you're injury-prone and you finish, like let's say, at number five, I would never draft you at pick number five, ever, because you're worried about the injury. However, he finished at number six, and he somehow moved forward. So he moved forward, and he's had injury concerns his whole career. I would love – so when we say we don't want, we wouldn't draft him, I would love Dalvin Cook on my team, absolutely. But not at pick number six, absolutely not. He's being picked behind Derrick Henry. I'd be much more confident in Derrick Henry. He's being picked in front of all kind, like Miles Sanders. I'd I'd be more comfortable with Miles Sanders too. So there, there are plenty of guys out there I'd be much more comfortable with just because of health-wise and other reasons who are being drafted after him. So unless everybody reaches on those guys and he falls to me at around pick 10, 15, in between 10 and 15, I would not take Dalvin Cook. All right, so that is going to wrap it up for our kind of our running back week that we did this week. Did we have any more questions? Uh, we did have the option for draft or pass, but if we're running out of time, we could. I think we might want to save that one for a different okay. time here. We're okay. running a little long today. That's um, what I thought. Did we have any last second questions, or did we get through all the questions that we had? Uh, no, just the sign off. All right, well, perfect. Uh, just as a reminder to everybody, uh, we are still new on this podcast so we're still figuring out camera angles volume all the fun stuff hopefully the camera did not shake this week uh but we are going to try to get on a set schedule it's probably going to be mondays wednesdays something like that but we'll get it figured out uh brandon where can the good people find our different outlets you can find us on the mecca of fantasy football and that is finishfirstmedia.com that is finishfirstmedia.com still under a little bit of development it is being it developed. Should hopefully, currently. be by the time everyone hears this, it should hopefully be fixed up. Yeah, I mean, it's in no, it's not in shambles by any means. But we're trying to perfect it and make everything as high quality as possible. You can also find us on the YouTube channel, which you might even be seeing us on right now, and that is fit. Sorry, that is not finished first media. It is actually on the Suit Yourself. Is it Suit Yourself Pod? I believe our YouTube channel's name is Suit Yourself Pod. So we'll be under there as well. You could also find our podcast on Spotify or on Apple as well. And we do fall under the umbrella of Finish First Media, which is a set of podcasts that we do with our friends. They are beginning theirs within the next couple weeks, I believe. Dynasty. So, yep. So as time goes on, be sure to check them out and see what they're up to. And yeah, since we are a young a young and a growing production, we would any growing. support. Yeah, any support. Growing. <laughs> Any support helps, so please give us a like, give us a share, share with your friends, but not the ones in your league because these are your secrets. But, yeah, mm. that's all we have for today. Thank you. Thank you to the Reddit users who helped us out as well. We really appreciate it. And if you have any questions, feel free to send them our way as well. We also accept uh, negative comments. Yeah, negative comments as well. Any views help, They even the negative ones. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks, everybody. Talk to you later. I was going to say something.